All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Renaissance Man. I'm your host, Rob Fishbeck. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Thank all of you for joining me. I thank all of you for joining me here in the live chat and or on the replay. Just remember, like I've said before, over and over again, and I'll keep saying it, make sure you hit that thumbs up button and leave a comment after the fact. It really helps with the algorithms. Um, I'm not going to sit here and plug the fact that I'm also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You guys can head on over there as well if you'd like to listen to the audio version of this show. But uh, we've got all kinds of things to talk about today. I already got some Streamlabs coming in. It's going to be a shorter shorter show because Rob's got some crap work to do for a, another show that I will be on later this evening. Uh, some of my favorite people on the planet. Can't wait to chat with them. Um, so full disclosure, I woke up this morning and was like, man, it's been a slow news weekend. We had the, the airplane incident yesterday and obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Texas and everybody across the country right now that's dealing with the winter storms that have hit this past week. I know for myself, I saw some of the snow starting to melt this morning here in Illinois and was very excited about that. We're going to be in the upper 30s this week, so stay tuned for snow going away. Bye-bye, snow. Don't come back. We don't want to see you again. Why would we ever want to? You know, as a side note, before we get into this, in my mind, it would be great if it just never snowed anywhere, but there was like one state, I don't know, let's say Idaho, and nothing against the people who live in Idaho or wherever, and they put like a globe over it, and that was the place you would go to ski and mountain climb and do winter activities. You would never see me there. Maybe once every like five years to take some cool photos, but that would probably be about it. Um, yeah, anyways, so let's just get into it. I really didn't know what to talk about today, full disclosure, because it's been a slow news weekend and not much going on in entertainment news. And hopefully we'll be having a guest on this Tuesday show. So I've been doing some prep work for that. So I thought, hey... Let's talk about something that I can talk about with you all without having to take any notes, and that is music. So we're going to talk about all things you guys want to talk about today. I'm going to talk about what I've been listening to lately, just the last couple of weeks, kind of an eclectic mix here that I've written down, and... Uh, you know, that, and then any music recommendations you all have, leave them in the chat, but even better so, leave them in the comment section afterwards, but at least for now, put them in the chat, we'll talk about them. Any music questions you all have for me, uh, throw them in there. It could be anything from songwriting questions to guitar technical questions to production work to what should I listen to, Rob? I'm in a rut. I'm here to help. So... Let's get right down to it. Uh, first off, we're going to head on over to the Streamlabs, streamlabs.com backslash Rob Fishbeck. Have a few in here from John Get Bent, which I am really excited about. Let's see. He says, part one, been listening to a lot of instrumental stuff lately as I have gotten back into reading novels. So I don't want to get distracted by lyrics. Surf anthologies. Ooh, we'll talk about surf music. Dan Swano's Pan Thy Monium, which is an old Swedish project that has its own mythology. Not familiar with him, but we'll definitely check him out. Uh, leave some links in the comments afterwards or leave his name or some albums because I know YouTube, uh, the, the, the algorithms automatically take down comments a lot of times that have links in them. Trust me, I know because I do comments and time codes for people. Dan Swano... Swano, I think is how it's pronounced, is left-handed but plays upside down and has quite a resume. He is respected producer, musician, and has worked with acts like Mel Melancholin and other punk bands. The new, man, Streamlabs really is weird. C-R-A-C, -A Crack Ass EP is decent, and gotta say, Shannon and the Claims is always fun. John Gitbet also says, part three, I guess I should ask a question. What do you feel is the most important part of a song? As a drummer, I feel the rhythm is what makes a song, but I know you're more of a singer-songwriter with a passion for lyrics. Let's discuss. John Gitbet, 
could not have read my mind any better. I'm so excited to talk about all of these things. Welcome, Sir Joker. I see you're here and you've got questions too. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in, folks. Okay, so first of all, I love instrumental music. Um, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with Darina. Her husband uh, turned me on to this... Um, Oh God, what the fuck is it? What is it called now? I'm going to blank because I look like an idiot. Uh, this jazz record that I'm like totally obsessed with, but I'd never heard of it before. And then I started listening to a lot of Herbie Hancock. Oh, Idle Moments by Grant Green. Fantastic record. And then I started listening to a lot of Herbie Hancock like shortly after that and really got into jazz music like through November and December. Thoroughly enjoyed all of that. But in terms of surf music, What's interesting, because I also love instrumental music in general. John, I don't know if you're on Spotify, but find me on Spotify. I've got two accounts. I got my artist account and then like my personal one. I have a playlist on my Spotify personal one. It's called Say Something, and it's like a joke. It's all instrumental songs, specifically like surf rock from the late 50s and early 60s. You got Link Ray, The Ventures, The Shadows, Dick Dale, The Lively Ones, Dwayne Eddy, The Tornado, Santo and Johnny. The whole, the whole crew. It's fucking absolutely phenomenal, and I love it. Um, would definitely like to check out those punk recommendations that you have, and we'll do so at some point soon. So, anyways, you asked about, okay, so the melody with the drums, yes, 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 yes. So, here's the deal with that. What I'm currently working on, which we'll talk about soon, because there's it's very heavily involved, and... It's it's interesting because I had two other projects that I was working on, one that I started working on over the summer and one that I started working on before COVID. I've shelved both of them because I'm totally inspired and totally into what I'm working on right now. It's not something I normally do, but those projects I know I can come back to because they're not from here as much as they are from here, if that makes any sense. Right now, I'm working off my emotions, and that can be a good or a bad thing when it comes to songwriting. But it's one of those, if I don't do it now, the songs are just going to go through me and then they're going to go back into the air because that's kind of how songs are. You got to catch them. It's kind of like fishing, but it's also kind of like building a house at the same time. It's very interesting. So drums are very important because that sets your tempo, that sets your beat, um, also sets a mood a lot of the times. But for me... Once again, and I think we've talked about it on the show before, there's multiple ways that you can go about writing a song. So, for example, a song that I came up with the idea for last night, I am still working out a bunch of technical stuff here on this MacBook that I have and didn't have everything set up to plug all my stuff in and, and track it properly the way I wanted to. So I just recorded it on my phone. What I did was I set the phone here on the table. I had my guitar. And I had all these words and I'm like, all right, it's probably going to be like in C and I'll hold that for a minute. And then we're going to go to F something like that. Okay. And then maybe an A minor. So what I did was, is I just went into garage band and I just picked a basic, basic two and four hitting the snare count. Um, kind of like a pop rock, uh, country drum vibe that I had. And then I, and then I'd like turned it down low. They're, they're not the drums that I would ever use like in a professional recording, but just to kind of get a beat and sat here for probably 15, 20 minutes and worked out the structure of this song. Now I'll go back to it either later tonight or tomorrow and start kind of figuring out the lyrics and the characters that I want to talk about within the song. We'll get to characters because that's very important as well. That's kind of how, I write a little differently than most songwriters do. There's a handful that I could name you, and they're kind of the ones that I really, really, really like, that write almost as if you're writing a screenplay. They're not concept albums, but it's almost like, did you guys see that movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs by the Coen brothers? It came out like a year and a half ago. How they were like these little vignettes, these like little 10, 15 to 20 minute segments that like built this whole two hour movie. That's kind of how I look at albums and look at songs and records in general. So the way I'm going about this specific project is I'm trying my best to only listen to music. That's like got that tone that I'm going for. Like when I'm in the car, when I'm at the gym, it's kind of no holds barred. It's, it's kind of a free for all, 
But once I leave the gym, it's almost like church for me. It's like you go in, you're this one person and then you leave and I can turn it on and off. But like in my private life, that's all I really listen to is kind of like tonally what I'm going for on this record and characters are so important. But back to your question, John, to answer it, the drumming is, I mean, it's, it's the foundation. It's the fucking backbeat to the whole track. You know, if you don't, you know, and I'm sure you know this, if your drummer can't keep time, the whole band is fucked. So it's very, very, very important to me. And it's very important to anybody. You know, when I'm sitting here cranking out demos and stuff and it's just me and acoustic guitar, it's a little different, but you know, like if I, if I reach out to my lap steel player and lap slide guitar player, she, you know, she's upgraded. But um, if I reach out to her and I'm like, Hey, I got some demos. Can you, can you come up with some, with some leads for it um, on her, you know, real twangy slide guitar that sits on her lap. Um, you know, it's like, all right, then I got to go. Then it's like, all right, we got to put this to a drum track to keep everything in time. Cause if she were to send me stuff, right through the internet, you know what I mean? Gonna need it. So I know I'm rambling, but I hope that answers your question, John. Uh, let's see, let's scroll up here because the chat is blowing up, which I absolutely love. So Sir Joker says, when did you write your first song? Well, it's so funny. Uh, I was 18 and kind of going through something and sat down and was like, maybe I'll write a poem. Give it a shot. Cause like I said, prior to that, I was all, I figured I would just work in the movie business and specifically like write screenplays or direct movies. And I sat down and I was going to write a poem and, but you know me. So five, 10 minutes later, I'm singing the poem that I'm writing and I, I won't, I won't share with you all what, what it was, but it was pretty good. And it was like, I'd been waiting my whole life for that moment. If that makes any sense. And, and was like, all right, this is pretty good. And then the next day I sat down and I came up with another one. And then about a week later, I came up with another one. And after that, it was a lot of, a lot of bad songs you're writing a lot of, you know, a lot of, you think you know what love is when you're 18. You don't, you don't know what love is when you're 18. Not, you can't write that perspective, you know? And if anybody says that that's, that's true, they're, they're crazy or they're a unicorn and unicorns don't exist. So that that's when I wrote my first song. I was 18 years old and I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live first, like good song that I wrote, I was 19 and that I actually recorded it. It's called She Done Me Wrong. I'll play that maybe sometime. But that, uh, and it's, it's, it's your most cliche country drinking, you know, depressing kind of jam. But for somebody that had just turned 19, it was like, it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. This sounds like, you know, this guy's lived, you know, a long life and I hadn't done shit, you know? So I'm just going to throw that out there, but yeah. So that's how old I was. Uh, Lewis Cox says, hey, Rob Fishbeck, the new WandaVision episode was dope. Yes, it was. Uh, make sure you tune in Thursday nights going into Friday mornings as me and my awesome co-host Legoland break it all down for you in our spoiler reviews immediately following WandaVision. John Get Bent, I'll bring him up here, says, I like jazz and classical too. It used to be very metal only, but I've softened over time. So what's interesting is when I was a teenager, I tried listening to jazz music and I went after like, uh, like Charlie Parker and, 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 uh, Miles Davis and like the kind of like the big, like everybody knows who all these people are. I like the album bitches brew. That was pretty cool, but it, was, it wasn't anything that grabbed me. Right. And then when I was in my early twenties, um, I got my, one of my best friends really into blues music, like old blues music. And then just by happenstance, he started listening to jazz calls me one day and he's like, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. And I'm like, all right. You know, so I checked it out, checked out some other artists and some records and was like, that's fine. But I'll say this a couple of months ago when I listened to that, that Grant Green album and then started listening to some Herbie Hancock, let alone jazz drummers, which we'll talk about. That's a whole nother show. Okay. I, I got it. Like 
you know, to me, it always used to sound like elevator music, but I get it now. And it's so fucking good. And I'm looking at my phone because I wanted to plug some other some other really good jazz albums. But it's like Buddy Rich, the uh, it's Rich versus uh, Roach, the Buddy Rich Quartet. That's a great if you like really good jazz drumming. Go listen to that album. I listen to that at the gym all the time now. It's nice and peaceful, you know. And it's it's a nice break from like hooks and choruses. And for somebody like myself listening to that like singer songwriter music that, you know, couldn't be in anything, you know, even Stevie Nicks is a singer songwriter, but a lot of times that stuff that's downers, you know, it's like, it's all about the downtrodden and the lonely and the, the lost. Right. So it's a nice break. Uh, Matt says, do you like Mumford and Sons? I do like Mumford and Sons. So here's what's interesting about uh, Mumford and Sons. Their first album, Sign No More came out in 09. And I was hooked right away. Then, like the Avat Brothers, uh, that's right around the time I got into Old Crow Medicine show. It was like that's when Roots Rock really kind of like got its second wind, uh, you know, because it was really big in the '70s with like the band and stuff, right? So I got into Mumford and Sons and was like, it's cool because it's like folk music, but it's like definitely got a lot of like rock elements, right? And then the lyrics were phenomenal. Marcus Mumford is an amazing lyrics writer. And then their, their next record came out, the one that's got I Will Wait on it. I'm blanking on the title of it. And was like, all right, a little more, little more rock and roll, a little more country, a little more mainstream, right? And next thing I know, they're playing I Will Wait on the, on the country radio station. That was right around the time where I totally turned off country radio in general. It was like the last, for me, I was just fucking done is gone down the shitter. There's, I'm going to name you so many great country bands. They'll make your head spin. You'll, you'll call me next week and you'll go, Rob, I hated country music. I started listening to these bands. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. I know, but country radio, fuck it's, it's shot. It's totally fucking shot. But that summer, the Lumineers came out with their first album and Alabama shakes, not folk or country, but rhythm and blues. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're finally getting another renaissance of great music that's not auto-tuned pop garbage, right? And then Mumford & Sons' record that came out in 2015, they lost a lot of fans that I knew because they went for more like a U2 sound. But I love that album as a whole. I think it's phenomenal. And then, uh, to be honest, I kind of fell off after that record, but I did, Marcus Mumford was on the basement tape sessions with, uh, Jim James and Elvis Costello and T-Bone Burnett and a bunch of other awesome people that came out in 2014. What had happened was Bob Dylan found this whole box full of lyrics that he had written with some chords on it and stuff written on there, like chord structures and was like, Hey man, I'm going to do this. Uh, you go, man. And uh, these these guys went into the studio and cut this album called The New Basement Tapes. Oh, my. I am obs I am still obsessed with that album. Kansas City is – it's so fucking good. And then there's this other song, the friend of the show, she really likes. Um, oh, I got to look it up. I got to look it up. When I Get My Hands On You. That's another great fucking song that's on that record. So good. So good. So that's my that those are my thoughts on Mumford and Sons. If you could collab with Tao Ch Cham, see, okay, I gotta pull this up because I can't. I'm not familiar with who that is. Explain a little more, Sir Joker. Oh, if you could collab with Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, or Charlie Parker or Louis Armstrong, which one? Ray Charles. Ray Charles all day. Why? My favorite Ray Charles album is an album his I got hanging up by my bathroom on the on the on the wall. It's called Modern Sounds in Country and Western Music. Ray Charles, okay, similar to Willie Nelson, can cover so many genres, though he's kind of known for one genre. Like Ray Charles is really known for rhythm and blues music, right? As Willie Nelson is for country. But they even collabed together back back in the 80s. Like Ray Charles is so gifted. Not, not that Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker, and Stevie Wonder aren't, but out of out of the four, I would totally have collabed with Ray Charles. 
just because I feel like he would have been down to sing on a Americana record or like work on like a country rock album. Like I could, and then like, just like adding what he does great, you know, playing the piano and stuff to it. So totally Ray Charles all fucking day. Uh, John Gapet says I can see I lose riffs all the time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do, do, do what color? Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Okay. This is how this happens. Uh, if you could collect, okay. We said that one already. I'd like to jam with Stevie wonder. Sir Joker said, do you still write poems? I do not. I do not write poems anymore. Sir Joker says, what color would you dye your hair other than red? Man, you asked a great question. So when I was 16, I was like, I don't want to be a ginger anymore. Cause every, cause like the South park episode had dropped a few years earlier, full disclosure. I've only ever seen like five episodes of South park in my life, whatever. It just, it's just not my show. I know it's great, but it's just not for me, but I'll never forget the day that the ginger episode came out. Cause my life changed forever for forever. Similar to everybody I know that is a redhead. And I know quite a few of them, even though we're a dying breed. Uh, there's actually less than 150,000 of me on the entire planet because two thirds of redheads are female. And I think the stat is like one in five people are left-handed or something like that. So I did the math way, way, way back when, like five, 10 years ago, five, seven years ago, maybe. And the math turned out to be, there's about 150,000 of me on the planet because I'm a redheaded left-handed male ginger or I'm a left-handed male ginger and there's not very many of us in the entire world. So it's very interesting. I tried to dye my hair blonde, but my buddy that tried dyeing it, not a colorist. And we bought the seven ninety nine shit from Walgreens and it didn't really work, but I've contemplated going a couple shades darker before. Um, my hair actually is, darker in the winter and lighter in the summer. But yeah, I don't know. At this stage of the game, it's like for branding purposes, why would I ever dye my hair? Like I can't even get rid of the beard at this point. Cause I've, I've not been clean shaven since I was 19. So go figure, right? Oh yes, exactly. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other questions? Let's see. Do, 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 do. So you're in an, I am an, I am an, I am an a malady. This is true. Lego says, I have red hair, blonde, blue, purple, pink, green. Yeah, all the colors. Why is it every time I see you, you just have dark hair? Do you, I mean, maybe we need to get you some better lighting. If you have all those colors in your hair, Rob's going colorblind because every time I see you, it used to dark, either dark brown or black hair. Um, but that's just, that's just me. That's cool though. That's really cool. Love it. Um, anyways, so, all right. I'll be back to the chat. I do want to bring up some of this stuff, though. Real rat quick. Uh, Matt says her hair is red. I've had in the past. Okay, okay. Hair is red. All right. Uh, like I said, Rob's going blind. So, this is just some of the stuff I've been listening to lately. I'm just going to share... Um, friend of the show, you all know Darina. She has these epic playlists on Spotify that I keep plugging to everybody that I know because they're so fucking great. She's got a horror dance party playlist that's got like three or four hundred songs on it. I couldn't tell you how many times because it's all great music. I literally just put it on shuffle and it, she's turned me on to all kinds of stuff that I'd never really listened to before, uh, especially like like a little bit of Latin music, a um, lot of like 80s music that I hadn't quite really ever gotten into. And then like songs by like bands that like you've heard in movies and stuff, but like you never went out of your way to go, oh, I need to look that up, right? Um, so I can't plug her enough. She's great. Uh, Yola, she is a country rhythm and blues. I, I, I say rhythm and blues because it's got that vibe to it. Um She's phenomenal. I can't, I can't plug her enough. She's got a single called I Don't Wanna I Don't Wanna Lie. It's fantastic. Highly recommend that. Uh lots of country music. We'll talk about that in a moment. 
Lego turned me on to this, this artist band called Lord Huron. They had this album from 2015 called Strange Tales. I have, I have fucking ate that album, chewed it up, just digested it. I, I couldn't recommend it more. It's fantastic. Uh, Soft Kill. There's this, there's this band. They're very 80s sounding. They're not very popular. I actually found out about them through the World Girls playlist, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and started listening to their records. They are fantastic. Can't recommend them enough. It's like, it's definitely got an 80s vibe to it, but it's it's fresh. It's not stale. It's not like a band that's like going out of their way to like try to sound nostalgic on purpose where it like falls flat. It is very fresh sounding. So highly recommend Soft Kill. Been listening to Iggy Pop, David Bowie, which, you know, they're great. And it's been years since I've listened to them like, like, intently right same with uh same with like lou reed i've been listening to a lot of lou reed was listening about a month ago i like listened to dark side of the moon wish you were here animals on the wall all in like one day and i had not played some of those records all the way through in a long long time animals is still my favorite pink floyd album the wall's fine wish you were here is fine Dark Side of the Moon is it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece for a reason. Um, can't recommend that enough. Let's see. Do I rap? I do not. Well, I lied. I do rap. Uh, not professionally. You get me, get a couple of drinks in me. Oh, actually, sober. I mean, if, if the energy is there, I'll do it sober. I, I have rapped many times. I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at rhyming. I'm pretty good at rhyming things in general. So... I've rapped. I've dabbled. Uh, not to stroke my stroke my own ego, but I'm pretty good at it. So we'll have to do that sometime. Do I sing a cappella? I sing a cappella all the time. Not like I don't sound like like a choir boy or anything. I'm not that amazing of a singer, but I sing. So because of COVID, right? I don't know if I talked about it on this show or not before. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. I've not played a show like a full long hour two hour plus show in over a year so i was doing pretty good with like keeping the fingers like you know what i mean calloused and like in shape my guitar moves my guitar skills right keeping the mind sharp with all the songs that i have in my head but i won't lie and i'm not the only musician out there that's that's having this problem or is going to have this problem very rusty because songwriting is its own art Music production, recording the album is its own art. It's its own thing. They're totally different animals. But then stage performance, performance art is an entirely different thing on its own. So for the last few weeks, I've kind of been getting, I need to do it more, but setting up all my gear, pretending there's a crowd here, doing my thing for like 45 minutes and then, and then stopping because like I said, a lot of musicians are going to have this problem after this whole pandemic's over with the, the, the rust as a singer isn't as much that isn't as much there though, to go back to your question about singing a cappella, I've been singing more just to keep the muscles in shape because I won't lie about six months ago, I was playing and I was like, man, my stamina is down. I can, I can do it for like six, seven songs, but I can't do 30 songs like I, I was doing a year, a year and a half ago. I didn't practice. Like if I had four gigs spaced out over a week and a half or something like that, there was no, I, you know, I'd write songs and stuff here and there in between, but like I didn't need to practice. I didn't need to warm up. I didn't need to, you know, hey, I got to remember those cover songs for that bar gig that I got. Because it was just, you were doing it all the time. There was no need. But like now I find myself, like I can play all my songs, but even some of my own songs I was practicing, I had pulled them out in a year or two. Some of my older stuff. It was like, I know if I cheat and look at the paper or look at my, my files on my computer, it'll all come back to me in 30 seconds. But damn, Rob. You got you to gotta do that. Now, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying all this, a little peek behind the curtain, how the sausage gets made. But trust me, there are thousands of musicians. There are thousands of actors and actresses right now, thousands of performers. 
um, that are all in the same boat because you're you're not used to doing. We haven't been used to doing it for a while. So just throw that out there real quick. Um, would you? Let's see. Would you be content if you were only a famous songwriter and not performer? Yeah, because money, house, cars, car, a car. I'm not greedy. Yeah, I mean, finding success with within my own field and being respected by my peers is kind of my goal. So obviously to be rich and famous is what everybody wants. But for me to be successful as a songwriter amongst my own peers, other great songwriters, is the main goal. That's always the goal. You know, even me doing this right now, being respected amongst my peers that also do this, that have a much larger following than I do, it's, it's pretty cool when you get some advice and, you know, hey, get used to this and, you know, maybe give that a try. It's great. It's, it's great. I love, and I love getting advice from people that are, that have been doing it for longer than I have, because even if you don't agree with their advice per se, you always take it because they know more than you. And I've learned that I've learned a lot just in the last two months doing these shows, how much work goes into it and what it's like to just put yourself out there all the time. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, Matt says Jake can rap. One of my awesome moderators. Maybe I'll have a rap battle. We'll have a rap battle. I could see that. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. If you could be famous as a singer, but not in your preferred genre, would you be content not being true to yourself? So here's the deal. What, you know, my preferred genre is, it's a spectrum. So you got like, jukebox honky-tonk music here and you've got like acdc like harder rock and roll here and then everything that i like in in inside of that like i like a lot of other music that are outside of those walls but like there's no way i could ever do screamo or emo or pop punk or uh, specifically blues music because i'm a fucking white boy from the midwest there are far more talented blues musicians out there than, than, than I'll ever be, right? But in terms of my spectrum, anywhere that I fit in there is fine. You know, one of my favorite artists, Sturgill Simpson, whom I've met, met his band back in the, you know, days in the before world. He, uh, you know, he did a country, like a real country record. And then he did kind of like a Hendrix meets Hank Williams record. And then he did like a country rhythm and blues album. And then he came out with a fucking like 80s, like almost not met, not metal, but like 80s, like synth, like hard rock record. And then it, he just released two bluegrass albums this year. So what's awesome about modern music is that you can kind of, you know, unfortunately, right. The bigger you get kind of the smaller space you have. You know, if, if Beyonce came out tomorrow and said, I'm doing a country album, some people would love it. Some people would give her a lot of, lot of, lot of shit for it. Okay. Um, whereas if you're famous now, Sturgill Simpson, you know, he's very famous in the songwriting world, right? In my world, but he's not, you know, Taylor Swift level. So he can get away with doing whatever the fuck he wants. So to answer your question, Sir Joker, for me, I'll never make the same album twice. You know, Tom Petty and Heartbreakers never made the same album twice. And I can tell by listening to different songs of theirs, oh, this is from that period or that's from that period. But they still, at the end of the day, sound like Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. Same with, you know, Sturgill Simpson or whomever else. So that's what's interesting. Uh, let's see. Um, do, 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 uh, man, ooh. The comments just loaded all the way to the bottom. This is this is fun. Great broadcasting. Bruce Banner says, "Who alive would you collab with on a song?" There's a long there's a long list of people I'd love to collaborate with. Um, I'm gonna get to some of my other music recs here in a moment, and then that'll probably answer your question on that. Performance art is what I have missed the most through the pandemic. I can watch a movie at home, but a live play. Right. Or drag show is never the same on a screen, says John Get Bent. Exactly. 100 percent. 
Uh, I'm going to pop over here and show you guys some images real quick. By the way, I thought this was hilarious. For those of you listening on the podcast on Spotify or Apple Music, you're not going to appreciate this as much as there. But this was the history of emo music through the years. Starts off as like 80s, like punk, thrash metal. And then like the next picture is like obviously somebody looks like Kurt Cobain from the 90s when grunge was all the rage. And then like the skinny dude with the glasses and skinny jeans, that's like straight up like early, early 2000s. And then, you know, and then you've got like the mid to late 2000s kind of emo, once again, skinny jeans, the V-neck t-shirt, the long hair, right? And then you've got the hipster there on the end. And the, and the hipster thing, I think it's here to stay. That style has been around for about 10 years now. I know so many hipsters. Um, it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, I'm going to bring up, so this is me. So you asked who I'd love to collaborate with. So this is me and Jason Isbell. Um, I was so excited to meet him, hung out with him and his band many years ago, uh, like four and a half years ago, right before they were like famous, but they weren't as famous as they are now, but they're, they're still not like most of the people watching the show have probably never heard of them. But to me, they're very famous. Grammy winner, you know, for sure. And then I've had the pleasure to meet Steve Earle three times. He is truly, he is just fucking awesome. But that's the first time I met him. Uh, Skinny Little Rob back in 2012. That was in Iowa, Iowa City, Iowa. Steve Earle is one of my favorite song, top five favorite songwriters of all time. He's just absolutely amazing. I could go on. I'll probably do a whole show just on him. But these are the two albums that I wanted to plug before I go back to the comments. I've been obsessed. So I discovered this band like three weekends ago, Amanda Ann Platt and the Honeycutters. And I won't lie, kind of the direction that I want to go musically because of like not limitations, but it's like with a computer, you can kind of do whatever you want. So for me, I really wanted to go for like kind of a roots, a rootsy sound so I can really focus on the characters that I want to talk about on this record that I'm working on and cannot. So this album, me, oh my, this came out in 2015. And then the Amanda and Platt and the honey cutters that came out in 2017. I cannot recommend these albums enough for those of you that once again, are not into country music. That's fine. It is twangy, but it's not what you're used to hearing. You're probably used to hearing country music from the radio. And this is not that the lyrics, however, are just 10 out of 10 phenomenal. I am completely entrenched in this music. The characters, I, you know, I'm going to pull up, I'm going to pull up a few of them here right now, just to list you all some songs. So if you are listening to this, you can go and check out. So this is the, the second one that I plugged Amanda and Platt and the Honeycutters. Birthday song, what we've got, Diamonds in the Rough, Eden. I just cannot recommend these. And then from the other record, Jukebox, All You Ever is like my favorite song in the world right now. All You Ever is amazing. Ain't It the Truth, Texas 81. I was making food earlier and I'm just listening to this song going, this is what I missed. Like the last year trying to keep your, trying to keep my mind sharp. I've st I stopped listening to a lot of that kind of music like Tom Waits and John Prine and Leonard Cohen, people that I love, songwriters that I love, because you got to keep your mind sharp so that you stay healthy and you don't like go into that ditch. But as a writer, I kind of have to go into the ditch to come out with the songs. I, I don't believe in the tortured artist per se, but you have to kind of get in the mind of the characters that you're writing about. So I'd kind of was listening to more like I love, I always love disco music. So anytime disco music, but like listening to more of that type of stuff, more yacht rock, more rock and roll, more fun music, positive music, right? More rap just to kind of get away from like songs and minor keys that are depressing. But uh, yeah, go check those records out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Songwriting is 10 out of 10. All of those songs I am just absolutely obsessed with. Uh, yeah. So Matt says, look at young Rob. Yeah. Not that long ago. It was like nine years ago. Oh, all right. We're going to dwell on this for a second. 
I still haven't figured out what a hipster is. So here's the deal. I've been called a hipster. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So to me, a hipster is somebody, and once again, I'm probably going to offend some people right now, but I take this with a grain of salt for what you will. I was into vinyl when people were throwing it out. People were just throwing it out. I was into vinyl before the emo phase was popular in the mid 2000s. Okay. Then all of a sudden, like 2010 hits ish. And I know all these people that start buying records. I, I, I start having these people reaching out to me on Facebook going, Hey, where did you get all your records at? I know you like records. And it's like, why all of a sudden are people into vinyl? It's a hipster thing. I was raised, I like Bushlight beer, okay? Pabst Blue Ribbon, whatever have you, right? Cheaper volume, right? I like my coffee-flavored water. I like my alcohol-flavored or my beer-flavored water, right? So all of a sudden, I'm going to these parties and people are drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon and Old Style. And it's like, why are you drinking this all of a sudden? Sweaters. All of a sudden, people are wearing sweaters all the time. To me, hipsters are people that buy $7 coffees and, 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 and listen to records because that's the cool thing to do now. Okay. Like I said, I'm probably going to offend a bunch of people right now, but I feel like I, you know, nobody should shit on other people. But to me, it's like, listen, I was into vinyl before it was cool. I was into drinking that kind of beer before it was cool. Now all of a sudden it's fucking popular. And it's like, I never finished some of my record collections, like my Beach Boys collection or my Otis Redding, like Otis Redding albums, right? Now, then I go to the fucking vinyl store like eight years ago, the record stores. And what I was paying $4 for is now like 15 bucks because there's a fucking mark for it. And it's like, why? Why? Now you go to fucking Best Buy and they're selling turntables and shit. And it's like, that's fine. I'm Listen. I'm all about people getting into vinyl. I'm all about people getting into music. But all of a sudden it became popular. So just like emo people in the mid 2000s, skinny jeans, long black hair, you know, uh, Vans or Converse All-Stars, right? Um, may or may not have earrings, okay? The thinner, the better. Like, you know what I mean? That was like the look and style and characterizations of emo people. For hipsters, to me, it's it's the $7 coffees and the Pabst Blue Ribbon and the, you know, the vinyl and stuff. So I don't know if that answers your question, Lego, but that's a hipster to me. And like I said, I've befriended multiple hipsters. I've, I've learned they're really into indie stuff. Oh, the more underground, the more indie, the better. And it's like, okay, that's fine. That's cool. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, that's just my opinion. Nothing against it. Uh, one of my great friends, Ben, I consider him a total fucking hipster, even though he was kind of into some of the stuff prior to it being popular. But so I like coffee. So what? LOL. I know. I know. I'm just giving a shit. I'm just giving a shit. By the way, for those of you Lego, uh, I tried Starbucks last week. She, she knows this. But for those of you listening, Went to Starbucks and got a caramel macchiato because I am used to drinking K-Cups from my Keurig. But uh, you know it is. Brittany Parker says, the more twang, the better. Fuck yeah. Amanda Ann Platt and the Honeycutters. Go check them out. You're going to fall in love. We can do – I'll do more country shows. That's, that's you know, I might lose some, some followers, but I might gain some new followers as well. I always find it surprising that Rob is into disco. Any thoughts on Boney M or ABBA? I don't know Boney M. ABBA's great. Uh, my whole family likes disco music. Me and my sister, my parents, not so much, but me and my sister. So I got into disco music when I was in sixth grade and I saw Saturday Night Fever for the first time. Bought the soundtrack the next week at Crow's Nest, which now no longer exists. It was the place to go buy all. It was big fucking place. They had CDs and everything. Right. And then bought a compilation album called 100% disco at target when I was in seventh grade. And it had everything from I will survive by Gloria Gaynor to we are family by sister sledge and everything in between. And I fell in love with disco music and I will always love disco music. I fucking Donna summer is 
a goddess. Just, oh my God. Like, I feel love, bad girl. I could dance to that shit all fucking day. I love disco music. And it's, and honestly, like, as I get older, when I need to turn off that songwriter stuff that I'm talking about, disco's, disco music and then, like, Eminem, Dre, like, those guys, those are my go-tos. 2000s rap and disco all fucking day. I love disco music. Hearts of like Hearts of Glass by Blondie, which Blondie's one of my favorite bands ever. Their first album was very it very much echoed like early 60s pop music. You know, Hearts of Glass is like their one disco song. I will listen to the 9-minute extended version of that and walk around my neighborhood with headphones on for an hour. I love disco music. Fucking love it. Uh yes. So skinny jeans, long red hair, thin. I feel attacked. Oh, Lego. I'm not. Don't take it personally. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, do, 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 Going through the comments. Reading the comments. I got to come up with some comment music while I read through things. You're being super shady, LOL. You're no hipster, Lego. Lego, you're not a hipster. Uh, do you have a vinyl collection? I didn't think you had a vinyl collection. Bruce Banner says... My buddy only drinks Blue Ribbon, and now he hates how popular now back with everyone used to shit on him about. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I think Lego's mad. You know, I I get it. I was just, like I said, I was going to offend some people. You you wanted my opinions. Hitman Hudson in the chat. Welcome, welcome. How are you? Most underrated rock band ever. Ooh. The Animals. The Animals are the most underrated rock band of all fucking time, bar none. Everybody talks about the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and uh, the Who, and even the Kinks. But nobody talks about the Animals past House of the Rising Sun. I encourage everybody here to go listen to the Animals. Other songs of theirs that are not House of the Rising Sun. They are one of the greatest fucking rock bands, rock and roll bands of all time. Uh, Just absolutely fucking phenomenal. I've got, I think I've got all their, I have most of their CDs from back when you bought CDs. Uh, I got them at a used store. I think I got, I think I got three or four of their albums. They only made so many records, but Eric Burton was like 19 years old singing House of the Rising Sun. That, uh, and it was also, so the animals were also very much influenced by rhythm and blues music from America. They're a British band. And so were the Rolling Stones. The first few Rolling Stones albums were very rhythm and blues based. And then, you know, they wrote Satisfaction and then really became songwriters, if that makes sense. Where the Animals, right out of the gate, they were playing like rhythm and blues, rock and roll. And they kind of stuck. They didn't really stick to it per se, but they weren't a band for that long like the Rolling Stones were. So they kind of stuck to that kind of sound. But to me, they're incredibly underrated. Very, very, very much so. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, Matt says, I love the animals. It's, it's not Boston. Boston's a fine band, but the animals ride or die. I got two of their albums on vinyl. I got their greatest hits, the best of the animals. And I got animalisms on vinyl from 1964. It's either 64 or 65. Who would you want to collab, make a rap album with? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Everybody would say Eminem, but I'd love to do a track with him, kind of like Love the Way You Lie with him and Rihanna, where it's like it brings in elements of what she does as an artist and brings in elements of what he does as an artist and combines them together. So to me, because those are always the best duets, right? So to me, if I were to work with somebody like Eminem, it would be like he brings his thing to the table and then I bring mine. It could be really interesting Uh, for sure, for sure. Oh, Legos, Lego Land says the animals are awesome. Animals are amazing. Absolutely. But they're so, so underrated. Three Dog Night. So here's the deal with Three Dog Night. They're perfectly rated. I think the Guess Who is slightly underrated. But to me, Three Dog Night is, they're pretty, never been to Spain and um, joy to the world. The Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I think they're perfectly rated. They're known, but they're not drooled over, if that makes sense. Like I said, what's interesting with music is that it's similar to talking about Star Wars and the Snyder Cut. 
It uh, can piss a lot of people off and it's very divisive. But while I continue to offend my moderator talking about hipsters, we will, uh, I'm kidding. We will move on. But if any of you have any other recommendations, feel free to throw them in the chat. We can talk about them. But we're going to be getting out of here in a moment because, like I said, I've got some other things to do this evening. But I want to thank everybody for joining me. It has been a blast. Matt, oh, John said, Matt, you also cracked me up with the up your nose with a rubber hose. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was a good friend of mine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, that's the delay. Ah, there's the delay. Now I, yeah, see, now I know what everybody else is talking about. But like I said, thank you all for joining me. Remember to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe if you have not. And then after this video is over, let it loose in the comment section. Like I said, I think if you put up video links, they will get deleted by YouTube because they're weird about that stuff sometimes. But albums, bands, songs, throw them in the comment section. Let's flood it. Great for the algorithms anyways. Got one more question from Sir Joker. He says, who would you want to write a book about? Ooh, that's a good question. The the person or people that I would write want to write a book about, I don't think are at that point yet where they should have a book written about them. I can literally think of about 10 people offhand in the entertainment industry, in the YouTube industry, or in the music industry, in all three of those categories. But the story's been told, but it's not, it's not further along enough yet to where it uh, warrants a book, but uh, don't get me wrong. First chance I get, I would write a book on any of these folks. Jason Isbell would be, would definitely be one. Uh, he's been around for a long time. He's so good. He's so, he's, he's the best songwriter of the last 20 years, in my opinion. But Sir Joker, bringing in those great questions as always. Like I said, you can find me everywhere at Rob Fishbeck and on Instagram at Rob underscore Fishbeck. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Like I said, leave a comment afterwards. I love talking about music. We could do this all the time. That's what's so easy about these shows is we've been up for 52 minutes and I feel like we've barely covered anything. That's what's amazing about music. So I will see you guys in a few days. And until then, you can find me on social media and Thank you very much. Remember to fluff your pillows. Do not flush your pillows. Stay safe. Be well. We will see all of you very soon. Have a great night and we'll see you later.